In this week's episode, we're covering some excellent titles from less discussed publishers, ranging from paranormal intrigue to true stories to radiated monsters. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. We're back with more. It's like that's right. It's like we come back every week or something. I know. It's like crazy. we're we're consistent and efficient on Saturdays, always here in your radio waves. And we're like afternoon thunderstorms in Florida. We're like we're always gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> we're like snow on Halloween in the Midwest. It's always gonna it's be. It's gonna there. happen. Anyway, cool week this week. We had some fun things. Yes, I'm excited to talk about them. First thing I wanted to talk about was Cutting Edge Siren Song number one, or Cutting Edge number one Siren Song. I don't know where the colon goes. The tagline goes. <laughs> yeah. um, this was a really cool book, and it's fun because we don't often get to talk about Titan stuff because Titan has a lot of licensed stuff, and they don't honestly put out that much. Um, so I'm excited that we get to talk about something from Titan. But this is from Titan. Uh, it is written by Francesco Dimitri with art by Mario Alberti, and it is a translated book, but it is super duper cool. It effectively follows this group of elite, I guess you would call them. The best of their class. Because, yeah, I don't want to get the perception that they're all like rich snobs. There are rich snobs, but there's also like professors and scientists and artists and one guy who I think is maybe an assassin. Um, and they're basically the best of whatever field they're in. They're the absolute best. They get summoned by this massive like international bank financial company uh, and get tasked with doing a series of challenges. Yes. Um, in the in the image of Hercules's tasks yeah, for yeah. the gods, the Do Decathlon, and yeah, we follow a group of those people, very mismatched kind of group, uh, all likable and kind of endearing in their own way, which is unfortunate because not all of them have a good turnout of this first issue, um, and yeah, it it was super cool. It had like some like uh like da vinci code-esque vibes to it and like almost league of extraordinary gentlemen type vibes Surprise like very like twistiness at the end yeah there. It, was, it was like rich sophisticated people gallivanting across the globe doing strange quests and it was it was cool we do have to talk about the fact that this book is freaking huge it's huge it's a big chonger it's it's a ton of pages and the text itself is teeny tiny and I'm yeah. like oh boy <laughs> it's, a, it's a very literary book it, it's got a lot of dialogue a lot of text a lot of story um but it, it was cool it was really really cool I really vibed with this one uh, it's not my usual cup of tea but it also is like weird enough you know what I mean like it, it there might be supernatural stuff going on. There might not be, but we don't know in this issue. We don't know everybody's whole deal, like what they're all here for. There definitely seems to be some level of subterfuge going yeah, on. Yeah, and there's like, yeah, there's like intrigue and stuff. It, it was really cool. Yeah, I I dug it. I, I'm excited to see what direction they go with it because at the end of the book, you definitely don't know if they're planning to go more supernatural, if they're planning to go... 
an entirely other direction. It, it leaves it very open. Yeah, there's th- this hanging air of mystery, which is really cool. Um, it. I know I just keep saying, it's, it's so cool! Um, <laughs> it's flipping use neat! Use <laughs> other adjectives, Chris. Anyway, it was cool. Um, <laughs> it. Yeah, There. there's this air of mystery that pervades kind of throughout the whole thing which was really enticing um because it, you know the person facilitating this whole dodecathlon we don't know who they are we just see like glimpses of them they're obviously somebody in charge but you know they only communicate with somebody through notes um we the guy who announces the dodecathlon mentions that only the winner will know why the company's doing this, you know, and then we do get little like tidbits of like supernatural stuff happening. Um, and that's crazy. Like, I want to, I want to know, like, is this supposed to be this financial company that's all over the world and has its hands all over the place knows that there's like mythical creatures living in the world does it not is that not true are we you know is this being misrepresented or misrepresented by the narrative um so i'm very very curious to see where this goes at the end of the day really excited at the end of the day i would definitely pick this book up if only because i can smell the a and e exclusive like tv show series that this is going to become it's going to be one of them high dollar they got angelina jolie in it type of type of miniseries that <laughs> I could just like feel coming. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it it uh it definitely does have a lot of like TV and uh you know movie appeal to it. Uh but it it yeah, it was just really dope. I really really enjoyed that. So. It was very cool. Next on the list is a title called Terminal Punks. Um, by Matthew Ehrman. Um, this one started off a little rough for me and then kind of started to get its, get its feet, in my opinion. Um, it talks, it, the whole thing focuses around this group of four kids, teenagers, yeah. older, young adults, whatever, mm-hmm. um, who are going to New York because they want a battle of a bands. And so they're like, trying to make their one break and it focuses on one kid who's got like a lot of anxiety it just kind of imposter syndrome and all these things and they get on a plane and it starts on the plane and there's also monsters um and a guy <laughs> who owns crazy mutated animals and it's it's so interesting because it feels like two entirely different stories that just sort of get smooshed together on accident yeah and then the reason it kind of like wasn't a, my total vibe is because in the beginning, part of the narration is this kid basically talking himself through a panic attack. Yeah. Um, but it didn't feel super authentic to me. It felt very much like this is an excuse to give you each individual character's names and their backstories in a very wrapped up bow like way. Yeah. And I, I don't like that in books. Like if you're going to do a narration, just do a heckin narration where you've got like a label over their head that says like this person, they that's, do this and yeah. they like this. Like just get done with that's it. The, that's the beauty of comics, right? Because in setting up a story, it's incredibly difficult like it's not incredibly difficult, but there's a lot of pitfalls in like 
identifying characters. Yes. Where you run into the trap of you'll see people be like, gee, Doug, you're my brother after all. Or like yeah. crazy throwaway lines like that. Or like, you know, like in this situation, it was like, I'm going to go into the bathroom and then I'm going to think intricate details about each of my friends who are sitting out in the plane detail their full name yeah. and then why they're with and us that's like you said that's the beauty of comics is they literally could have just done like this is franklin this is their whole deal and as like a label and we would have been fine with it yeah. you know what i mean we but don't in- necessarily need the character being like this is that person exactly you know it, it made it it made the narration feel very inauthentic very shoehorned and that immediately throws me off but as the book kind of progresses it starts to get its legs and it starts yeah. to kind of feel more natural more organic we get another narrator involved and honestly the other narrator in my opinion is way more interesting um <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it starts to get it starts to feel itself. It seems like it's going to be wacky and yeah. fun and cute and like a it, romp. It's it's the right level of tongue in cheek. Yes. It's like tongue in cheek enough without dipping into like slapstick, without like going full like Rick and Morty where it's just like none of the characters give a shit about anything that's happening. You know what I mean? Correct. Like it's it's tongue in cheek enough to be humorous and dry and have a little bit of wit to it but still have kind of like a unified kind of bizarre story centered around, you know, Doug Dimadome of the <laughs> Dimsdale Dimadome having his wild creatures mutated and unleashed upon a uh, airport. Exactly. Now, just to note, while this does focus on a group of young adults, this is certainly not a kid's book, oh, it as is it not. is crass, there is language, there is gore, oh, there God. are people that are torn apart, oh, you got yeah. a dismembered head coming through a, like, the the turn belt for luggage, yeah. like, it's not, read, it is not a kid's book. It's funny, because tonight, <laughs> prepping, for, prepping for the episode this week, I read several things that I expected to be kind of like young adult or like more approachable, like PG 13 max that ended up not being that. (laughs) And then I sat down and I was reading the new Marvel action book, the Marvel action chillers, right? Which is worth picking up, but I'm not going to talk about it because it's a Marvel action book, whatever. Um, (laughs) You you know, you seen one, you seen them all Um, (laughs) still good though. Uh, But I picked that up and I was fully like every page. I was like, there's going to be an F bomb. <laughs> Riri Williams going to be like, what the, f-? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just like waiting for it because I was, I was so trained at that point. It's almost like language PTSD. Yeah. But this one's got a really, it's a really strange concept. Uh, it, and it's, I mean, the cast of characters is fun. It feels very like zombie land. You know, you've got like your, you know, dry judgmental one and your one with anxiety and your one that's kind of just like an oaf and stuff. And it's 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 fun. It seems like a fun little party, you know, I will say one thing that I do want to point out that I greatly appreciate and something that I'm super proud of when it comes to comics right now is that they are they being comic writers as a whole as like just a unit in Mm -hmm. general are becoming much more. Um, aware of inclusivity and this book has someone who clearly goes by they them 
Yeah, yeah. So they're either ungendered or non-binary or whatever. And but it's not ever addressed. They just they use the they them pronouns and that's it. Also, I think their name is Bertram D. Bertram, and I think that's like the coolest thing. It's or something great. like Bartram D. Bartram or something. Yeah, it's, like it's just it's nice cool to ass me name. because this is the second this is another book in kind of a series of books that I've read recently that have all just very casually, you know, implemented characters who are non-binary, yeah. who are, you know, gender non-exclusive, like all sorts of things like that. And I love that. I just, I really appreciate how it's becoming a very casual, very inclusive, very, um, not a big deal, but still like prevalent. Like, they're not making it the defining factor of a character, but they're not yeah. shying away from it being yeah. a part of people I think, in um, these books. And I think that's great. I think it's very important for, uh, in the name of inclusivity, for people to loudly fight for inclusivity and, you know, lay claim to it and have discussions about it, about, you know, having more characters of various races and backgrounds and creeds and gender identities and you know those we talked about pantomime last week yeah it's entirely about people who are hearing impaired um it's important for there to be a whole camp and a whole mess of people and everybody should be who is even slightly passionate should be on the group of people that's going to take to every message board you can and wave the flag of inclusivity but there's also a very important group of people that needs to work in the shadows, <laughs> you yeah. know, in the war for inclusivity, there needs to be our frontline soldiers. There also needs to be our, our subterfuge, our subterfuge, our, <laughs> our spies, our people in the wind. Um, and you see that happening a lot. Like you said, with comic creators, just kind of low key being like, this is my character deal with it, you know? And it's just, and if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't notice. Yeah. They never talk about it again. They don't, the characters themselves aren't drawn in particularly feminine or masculine ways. For a while, I didn't even realize there's a female in the book. I didn't even yeah. realize she was a female until I like looked at how it was drawn. Well, I was like, oh, I guess they do they draw don't, boobs on her. Yeah. <laughs> no character has to make a statement about it. They don't have to make a whole deal about bringing it up. It's no. not like, oh, this is Bertram D. Bertram. They're non-gendered. And let's talk about that for a page. No, it's just like, we're going to call them they and that's, and that's it. it. And then you move on. And I, I was just, you know, it was so refreshing. And I just love that that's a thing that's happening like across comics so subtly. So yeah. just intrinsically, I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> pantomime is entirely about hearing impaired people. And with the exception of one singular part that sets up the kind of like plot, it sets up the motif where her brother jumps out and is like, yelling at one of their uncles like stupid don't you know she deaf in sign language <laughs> and like uh that's it that's it for the most part they i mean obviously they still reference the hearing impaired elements and they talk about everyone's kind of individual backstory and stuff but otherwise it flows just like a normal book yeah it's not like a big deal trying to like rope people into this idea of a book entirely dictated by people who can't talk yeah people who can't hear and like that's that's significant doing that kind of thing where it's not like well i really need to set up 
this person being black or I really need to set up this person being gay or I really need to set up there's a department of truth the main characters in a he's gay has a husband but it's, it's not like in the first issue he's like yeah my husband's gonna wonder where I am and that's it and then in the second issue they wake up in the morning and they have like a little like couples fight and that's it and that's move on there doesn't have to be a character being like you're gay huh and like having an issue with it it's just a gay character that's it he's not defined by it you know what i mean he's not like a token gay he's not like there to accentuate any sort of like gay stereotypes he's just gay living his life he's not a plot device or a set piece or a set dressing he's just there a character Doing character things. I love and it's it. just low key poof, there and it rolls on. I love it you know? so much. I love it so much. This is a thing. And it's it just feels so good because it's like it's like how swiftly can we undermine Comics Gate before they notice yeah. that we've done this and now they can't go back. <laughs> yeah. It's great. You like it's... this book and guess what? It doesn't buy by what you like, I mean... Comics Gator sucker. <laughs> Outside of one of the two big companies, I won't name which one, but it's the one that begins with M. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Comics are becoming a very inclusive place. Um, I mean, DC's had its own sort of like, I don't want to just call out Marvel. DC's had its own rocky history with inclusivity. Very um, rocky. For a while there, they were worse than the other But ones. when you get into the creator so- creator-owned stuff, we've really built this culture. Very inclusive, very welcoming, very open comics hitting the shelves. That's why it's so shocking when you when we, for the show, pick up one where we're like, ooh, you know? Yeah. Like, if you heard us talk about the electric black the other day, it was kind of like, ooh. Um, you know, I picked one up... Uh, this is totally off topic, but why not? We're here. Uh, it was like Necromorphous or something like that. It was this random book from like Behemoth, okay. I think. And it was just like, it was a smidge on the chauvinistic and creepy side. And it just, it shied me away because it's just, I'm so used to the inclusivity of uh, comics, comics being like an understanding kind of space. And, you know, I'm not saying I was triggered by it, but it definitely hurt the storytelling being the way that it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, sorry, like I said, I don't like calling things out, but it is what it is. And, you know, it's cool. It's just cool to see that we've built this inclusive space. And at the end of the day, if anyone doesn't like it or if your name is Ethan Van Skyver, you can just go fuck yourself. Woo! <laughs> I mean, you guys have heard when I've read some of, and I've talked about it, when I read some of the Marvel stuff that's written by the older guard, and it feels icky, (laughs) and I tell you when it feels icky and not right, and like it's There's a curve there, you know, and some people have yet to get over that curve. Yeah, absolutely. And it sucks because there's still such a vocal fan base that unfortunately is against the turns that comics are making. And we'll get off of this quick because this could be a whole like 40 minute conversation, but we have this open and inclusive world 
and unfortunately that fan base being as loud as it as it is is this like barrier between people that could really find something to relate to and really find something they love in comics and actively getting into comics yeah it's it's preventing those people it's like the when you go into like a boss in dark souls and you get that misty barrier behind you it's like that <laughs> it's like literally just this cloud of hate and yep. shit speech Entirely. that's coming out that the people that could get a lot out of these very inclusive very open-minded stories just aren't able to get past that and uh you know I, I won't rest here. until I work my magic on getting rid of as many of those people as I can. <laughs> You're damn right. That's why we're so. here. We're here to talk smack to the people who need to stop affecting comics or infecting comics infecting with these, their, yeah. their hate and bull. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So another book I didn't expect to have F words in it. Um, Scarant Hood. This book was so number good. One. Oh my God, it was so good. First <laughs> so of all, good. shout out to a book that is written the way Irish people talk because good God, I wish we all talked like that. <laughs> it's so great. Oh God. They, they would just say things slightly different than how we say them in America. And I'm like, that's so much cooler. <laughs> But Scarin Hood was really good. It 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 took me back to I had a conversation with somebody drunk at a bar once. Um, <laughs> what is my life? Am I right? <laughs> that Chris, what is he like? Um, it was actually at my wedding, too. Um, and I was talking to them about a story concept I had. And we were talking about how you do not see enough stories that are about characters who are parents that doesn't entirely revolve around something dramatic happening to the kid and that motivating the parent. You know, we've got this idea of the woman in the fridge trope, which funny enough came out of comics. If you ever want to hear about where that came from, I can give you a lesson, but um, there's that woman in the fridge trope where a male protagonist is only motivated when violence happens to a woman. Right. Right. There's kind of that same, there's like a baby in the fridge trope too you know you'll have like that's why i hate when sequels to like animated movies or whatever will introduce a kid because i know that sequel is just going to be about the parent being like my baby oh the mean witch stole my baby and then having to go get the baby you know what i mean yeah like it's it's that's where you know the story's gonna go and then inevitably they'll play up that thing where the baby's too much of a handful for the villain and fine but it's you don't see enough stories that are just stories that happen to happen to parents right and what sort of life that would bring on and even if you do see those stories it's usually teens you know what i mean like parents of teens and the teen kind of gets wrapped into everything as well yeah um and that's that was just super refreshing about this one for me it was a group of parents as some sort of mystery starts to well up and they're living their parent life, doing their parent things. But the mystery that wells up doesn't directly, inherently center on, like, my kid is in immediate danger. That's true. That's very interesting. And it was cool. It, it was, was really cool. I loved the the plot and the feel and the vibe of this one. I like that it it almost has... It definitely has that, like, European... UK humor 
mm-hmm. back end to it. It felt very much like um, there's a, a horror comedy that we watched relatively recently that's got Lupita Nyong'o in it. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, felt, little monsters. Yes, yeah, and yeah. it felt very much like that to me. Yeah, um, I can see where that. the kids are there, but they're kind of just like a set piece. That's a great analogy. That's a great connection. The humor yeah. is very comparable. The relationship between the adults is very comparable. The weirdness is very comparable. I, I and Little Monsters is fantastic. If you haven't seen it's fantastic. it, if, it's so good. It's not so scary that people who don't typically like Yeah, it's it's stuff a zombie flick. It. Uh there's going to be gore, but honestly, the highlight of it that I've always told people is if you've ever seen anything with Josh Gad in it and thought I like that guy, he's fun. You need to watch this yeah, movie. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He is very it's, different from his normal. Uh, it's so his good. normal character. If you know set. any Olaf stands? <laughs> you gotta make him watch this movie. Grown up, not not. I kid. don't give a shit. <laughs> Little Bethany, guess what? We're sitting down. We're watching some movies. Double change. You recognize that voice, forever. Beth? Beth? Yes, that's Olaf. He's playing this character. Let's see what happens. <laughs> To my sister-in-law, don't let the kids watch that movie. <laughs> Do it. Uh, it. Anyway, I really enjoyed it, but yeah, the comparison to Little Monsters is totally there. Um, I really enjoyed the vibe. I like the mystery it sets up. I like the weird, like, odd story. And I like that there's kind of like a very emotional subplot that they yeah. haven't really talked yeah. about yet. And it's so well written. Like, it's so well written. Like, there's no, there's enough flags to tell you that it's not what you expect. Yep. But there's not so many flags that you've started to decipher what it is. Yeah, you don't know what's going it's, on yet. There's, there's a piece of the puzzle of the characters. There's a piece of the characters, the main character's life, their, their detail that is missing. That is an important detail and people bring it up. People ask him about it and he kind of skirts around it. And like I said, it's, it's so like shout out to Nick Roche, Nick Roche, Nick Roche, R-O-C-H-E. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your last name <laughs> wrong, um, but shout out because it's so well done. Like it's, it's, it's hard to find that balance of like making something mysterious enough that it, keeps people's interest but not so like obvious that people are like oh i got it i got an idea you know what i mean and it's he's found that balance like it's 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 really well done how balanced that is definitely agreed definitely agreed definitely pick this one up oh it's so cool this one's from um idw which is surprised me because it's it's outside of their normal Wow, I am type surprised of, yeah, that's IDW. Normal type of subject matter. Like, it's not a normal IDW book. No, But it's it's not. very good. Like, I thought it was Boom, to be honest. It does At feel first, very like, much like a This feels like a Boom book. book. It does. Uh, but it was not. It was IDW. Or like a Scout book. I could see Scout or Aftershock even. Yeah. So, but it was not. It was IDW. Yeah. Well, last on the list is a book that I'm so excited about. Um, Dude, yes. This is called Hot Valley Days and Cocaine Nights. And here's why this book is awesome. 
it's freaking based on the true story of a real person. Yeah. It I got oh, like I'm so into it. I got mad Molly's game vibes, you know what I mean? Yes. Hundred yeah. percent. That is exactly what I was seeing in my head. One hundred percent. It's literally following a woman who is a drug dealer and it goes back and forth between her present life in the nineteen eighties and eighty eight to be exact. And her as a kid and effectively trying to emancipate herself from her family mm-hmm. and her her shitty, trashy family. Grandfather yeah. and horrible, non-responsible parents. Um, and it's it's bright and it's colorful. And like like Chris said, it's like Molly's game meets like like uh GTA or or Hotline Miami or yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's it's like you loaded up Molly's game and you took it off a normal difficulty and put it on hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like the next level of cuz it it's got that same kind of vibe cuz Molly's game obviously was about a real person, a real woman making her way, doing like kicking ass in an underground not totally legal, typically run by man's kind of world. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and, you know, liberating herself from people treating her like shit all the time because she's a woman and very like F you patriarchy kind of stuff. Um, but this is about cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> And not high stakes poker games. So, hurrah! It's true. It's true. It's like, it's like you record that movie on Netflix about the like, the like girl boss, but mm-hmm. you accidentally recorded it on an old VHS of Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it is. There's like cocaine and drugs and big 80s hair and neon lights, but also it's like nine to five and and, and, and nine to Dolly's five. getting her She her gotta stuff sell done. cocaine, she's or working like, nine to five. Or like the the one movie that I can't remember right now, but the iconic 80s movie where the chick is the, has the shoulder pads and she's like making her way and trying to be like a successful businesswoman and Tootsie. <laughs> right? That's the one we're talking about, right? Uh, Dustin Hoffman, right? Um, not, uh, yeah. No. 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 My bad. But (laughs) it, it works. We'll go with it. I liked it. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the movie that's on my head anyway, so we'll go with Tootsie. (laughs) Cool. Tootsie. Um, yeah, this one was super cool. I mean, it's, it's going to be your typical drug dealer story. So it's going to have, but it's not at the same time. I'm sure it's probably going to get there, Yeah, but being said on a real story, like a true story, it's probably going to be a bit toned down with a bit of embellishment. Um, but it, it, you know, the characters just feel like normal kind of people. Like they're very low key. Yeah. And I like that. They're not like bombastic, like scummy people they kind of just look like 
normal people you'd kind of want to hang out with. Yeah, <laughs> so, they're just living life and, um, and doing what they gotta no, it's, do. It's super cool. Um, and this one's from Antarctic Press, which is not, again, a company that we talk about much. In fact, I think all four of our books today, because Terminal Punks was from Mad Cave. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think Weird all week. four of our books today are from the not usual suspects for the Cover B podcast recently. And I'll tell you and what. That's really cool. We read other books from the we bigger did, names, yeah. and they didn't make the cut. Yeah, they were not good enough. Huh. <laughs> touch, touch. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so you guys know the area that we record in gets really, really. It gets hot really when we toasty. Record. It's and a so- closet. The closet. <laughs> the closet where our water heater is. It's a huge closet. Now, in our defense, it's a huge. It is closet. a large closet. It's basically another room. We effectively, when we moved, we saw this closet and we were like recording space (laughs) we hung up a curtain and we're eventually gonna put some pads on the wall yep and we're eventually gonna replace my mic and then we're gonna be hardcore as hell it's gonna be great and you guys are gonna be so impressed yeah but if you're impressed right now hey yeah i mean you're already impressed well and if you're impressed and you want more you can listen to our other episodes on coverbypodcast.com oh shit yeah if you're like sitting there and you're like man i just wish i could I like this podcast, but I wish I could do something physical to express my like of this podcast. Well, guess what? We're on social media. That's right. At Cover B Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. That's right. And, you know, you can always check out our other episodes because we do other things like like individual episodes, reviewing games and books one of which is graphic novelties that we expect to have a new episode just happened (laughs) jeepers chris you might be asking i'm really my throat is getting sore walking down the street shouting at people about cover b podcast is there anything that could do that for me well (laughs) guess what we have merch on our website (laughs) we do you should buy some you should get a shirt they're very comfy they're very soft Am I wearing? No. No. I thought I was wearing mine right now. (laughs) But yeah, and then save that throat from having to scream. If you still want to scream at people on the street, go right ahead. I'm not going to stop you. Just don't get arrested or anything. No, no, just scream at the cop. That's going to end well. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Yeah, hey. Be sure to come back for more. Cover B. 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 B.